Hey, and welcome back to the NCMU podcast. I am your host, Mark, from Lux Digital Church. Sorry. I'm Pastor Savage. <laughs> that was, we're going <laughs> to... Retry. <laughs> Listen, so the caffeine's still uploading. I'm sorry. The caffeine's uploading it at 3.09. Listen, um, listen, don't ask questions. Just go with it. You're listening to the NCMU podcast, where we are dedicated to raising up and equipping the next generation of nerd culture missionaries. In episode two, we are joined by Matt and Amanda Souza from God Squad Church. They're going to tell us about how God Squad Church got started over six or seven years ago now and how God worked in their lives and moved them to start a fully digital church, the first online church in the gaming community by gamers for gamers. Really excited for this conversation. Hope that you guys enjoy it. Here are your hosts, Mark from Lux Digital Church and Pastor Savage 85. Hello and welcome back to the NCMU podcast. My name is Mark, a lonely pastor of Lux Digital Church. And I'm Alex, also known as Pastor Savage 85. And we're so glad to have you guys back with us, tuning in as we get ready to help equip, prepare, and release the next generation of nerd culture missionaries here at NCMU. And with us today, Savage and I have have two esteemed guests, uh, uh, you know, really pinnacles in in the both the gaming community, but very specifically inside of the, the Christian gaming community. We are joined today by Matt and Amanda Souza. Um, who are uh, kind of like the co-founders and pastors at God Squad Church. We're going to get into so much of their story and how they started the first ever church for gamers. We're going to dive into, did I get the tagline right, guys? Was that, that's that's like one of the taglines, right? Is that, am I? You got it, nailed it, dude. Nailed okay, it. yeah, I thought Solid. I, 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 I thought I'd throw it in there without thinking about it ahead of time. Um, but uh, we're really glad to have them with us. Uh, guys, how you doing? And just say hello. Tell us a little about yourself. Hello. Um, I guess I'll go first. So my name is Amanda. Doing well, by the way. <laughs> um, and I guess to tell you a little bit about myself. Well, um, I born and raised in New England uh, from Massachusetts. Went to Bible college, which is where I met my husband. Um, and we got married in the middle of our senior year of college, which was chaotic. Don't recommend. Um, and I'm glad so overwhelming. You fell for that ring um, by spring mentality. That's what <laughs> that's, you guys tripped into that. That was that was running hard in people's veins at my it's school, true, but I didn't man. fall into it. Oh, ring yeah. by spring or get your oh, money yeah. back, bro. Hey. <laughs> yep. And so I went to college for um, music. Uh, in worship ministry. And so that's what I uh, majored in, um, as well as it was a double major in biblical studies and music and worship. And I just, I love ministry. I love serving people. I always have. I've always been that kind of person who just loves to be at the church serving in whatever capacity is needed. Um, and so I've just always had a heart for ministry, always had a heart to serve in whatever ways I can. Um, I am a gamer myself. Um, I grew up playing video games, uh, started on Nintendo consoles, really, for the most part, uh, Nintendo 64. Um, uh, my favorite games have been the Zelda series, so, like, Ocarina of Time will forever have changed my life. Yes. <laughs> have you worked um, or slept since Friday? 
like have I... you because tears <laughs> came out right <laughs> i actually sadly have not had much time to play which oh, just sad. breaks my heart um but i need to i've been seeing so many creative videos coming out of that so i need to get back into it um but yeah i love video games um Legend of Zelda series being one. Genshin Impact is another huge one that I'm into right now. Love anime. Um, you know, my husband and I here live in Virginia currently. Um, we have three fur babies <laughs> um, that we love dearly. Um, At least one of them is like a fur giant, right? I mean, fur giant, like they're yes. not. A horse. I mean, a you horse. call them babies, <laughs> but there's like she is a big baby, substantially yeah. larger than my six year old. So like, <laughs> yes, way bigger. <laughs> She's very big, yes, our Great Dane. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Um, yeah. Well, and for me, my name is Matt online. I go by Susie Live. I'm 31 years old. Like my wife said, we went to North Point Bible College, which the best part that I got there was not only good education, but I got the greatest woman in the world, confirmed. And uh, I'm a huge gamer, obviously, as we'll probably talk about in this podcast. My favorite game in the world, the World of Warcraft. So if any, any WoW players out there, shout out to you. But uh, outside of gaming, I, uh, I, love, I love to do a little weightlifting. I love uh, music. My wife and I both share that passion. And I love martial arts. It's kind of like a weird fun fact most people don't know about me. But I did not know that. No, yeah, most people don't. I grew up doing uh, uh, Kenpo Karate, boxing, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and Muay Thai. And so I, wow. I love it. It's just I, I won't go into it, but I love martial arts. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Any FC fighters out there, shout out to you. You do not uh, even main a monk in WoW. So <laughs> no, I did not play a monk in WoW. Yeah, really, really a closet martial arts enthusiast. I didn't even know people were a closet martial arts enthusiast. Hey. I you just wore that on your sleeve, but <laughs> oh, I yeah, guess dude. not. Yeah. And uh, for me, I think probably my one of my biggest passions in ministry is I I really love connecting with the overlooked. That's kind of like my heart. There was a well, we might tap into another time, but I love thinking about the person that sat alone at the lunch table at high school, and giving that person a place to belong. That's so good. probably one of my favorite things I love to do, making sure people are seen, loved, valued. And uh, that's a big part of my stream and who I am is how I connect. And that's just kind of like the people I like to I like to really target and reach. It's a little bit about me in a nutshell. No, that's awesome. I mean, a lot of, so Matt will be on in a future episode as well, because what we're doing today is we're talking about uh, a church that Matt and Amanda got started um, called God Squad Church. Matt is also a full-time live streamer and digital missionary. Um, and so we're going to tap into a lot of that in the future. But of course, those things are intimately intertwined. And sure. like you, yeah. you really can't, there, there's no way to pull Susie Live and GSC apart from one another. <laughs> it's like they've had substantial impacts on one another throughout the course. Um, the longest standing digital church, I think, if, 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 if not in existence, like right up there with DJ Soto and VR Church, right? I think VR Church is at like, seven seven and a half years i think that gsc just sort of celebrated seven years right so digital expression of church before anybody was talking about the word the stupid word fidgetal or any of the other digital words that we started talking about <laughs> during the pandemic before carrie newhoff uh started writing blogs about it yeah. right before any of that stuff these guys were literally in the trenches doing things that absolutely no one was doing and no one was quite frankly even asking anybody to do like they were just out there doing it and and so that's really what we want to tap into before we dive in to the story of gsc i would love to know also like i know this is you know this is ancient history now right over seven years ago but what were you guys doing before gsc because there was something between college and gsc if i sure, remember correctly sure. yeah man why don't you talk about that one 
Uh, well, we, you know, graduated college and, um, you know, we had a few opportunities, you know, being seniors at our college that our president was like, you know, there are a few uh, churches that are looking to recruit some people, um, you know, to fill certain positions. And, you know, so we had some good opportunities, but we really felt God was calling us to this little church um, in this small town in Connecticut. Um, it was where one of our friends from college was on staff at, and we just got connected and really felt God calling us there. Um, even at the time, we didn't have any positions waiting for us. Uh, we just felt that is where God wanted us. It didn't necessarily make a lot of sense <laughs> to turn down like other offers to go to a church that had no offers for us at the time. Um, but that's where we wanted, or that's where we felt God was calling us to go. And so we went, it was called Cornerstone Church. Um, and uh, after we told our pastors that um, at that church, the Cornerstone Church, um, he called us a week later and presented me with a job opportunity because their administrator was stepping down um, out of the blue. And he first thought of, you know, me to fill the role. And so I ended up coming on staff as the administrator, um, helping out with the youth ministry as well. And then, you know, long story short, um, Matt also was able to join staff, uh, filling in as youth pastor, um, and then eventually coming on as associate pastor. And so that is where we were at until, you know, things with God Squad started and took off. And so it was that little church in Connecticut where we, where it all started for us. That's awesome. I, I think that there's going to be this reoccurring theme. Savage and I noticed this last time, last episode we did with Deuston and, uh, it, it's really just a collection of youth pastors that have wandered out of youth ministry uh, is yeah. really what most of the scene is. Um, there are so many of us who either were or currently are youth pastors and are kind of doing it on the side. And it makes sense to why there's such a, an, an immediate sense of connection in family, because we as youth pastors, uh, we, we you got to you got to run thick because they're. Uh, there's not many people who understand youth ministry if you've not been in youth ministry, right? You, it's like uh, the overnighters, the all of that sort of stuff is its own thing. I, I, I asked this, then then Savage can tee us up. But uh, Matt, what was the favorite youth group game or the worst youth group moment? Because we talked about this last episode. Like, what oh, was the man. favorite game that you ran for youth ministry or the worst moment in your youth ministry? Well, Randy, I won't last even. Time when we talked about this. Somebody had dyed their hair purple or pink. So yeah. the story's uh, real quick. I won't even go into uh, the worst moment because some people might find this a surprise. Um, I actually, I am not a youth pastor at heart. It was a, hey, we have a need, will you fill it? And I was like, sure, but I'd like the next job as like as soon as it's available. <laughs> and uh, so I'm not a youth pastor at heart. So there's no worst moment because for me the whole thing was. Someone else bad. is better fit for this job. <laughs> this is bad beginning to end. Someone else is better. But God you bless can smell you and you're disrespectful. Get out but of here. I have a huge amount of respect for people that do it, but I just, it, I just, I feel like I didn't fit well with the with the role, but other people do. Uh, my favorite game you asked. There was this one game, super hilarious. It's it's like a one time game you can only play because in the secrets out of the bag, you send one person out of the room, you put two tables next to each other, and you basically put like some sort of ball underneath these buckets. And basically the goal is it's, it's like a little race. You have to run from one side of the table, pick up the bucket, grab the ball, and then throw it to a person that's on the stage. 
run to the other side, rinse and repeat until all of the buckets have been picked up and thrown. What they don't know is that while that person left the room, you moved the tables like a foot apart, had somebody sit underneath the table with their head cut through a hole under a bucket. So this person is trying to go super fast. And when they get to the final bucket and lift up, expecting there to be a ball to throw and win, it's a person's face who just screams right at you. And it is absolutely <laughs> hilarious, bro. It was I'm so, stealing uh, that. That's hilarious. Steal it. All these past other take it. It's, it's, it's so good. It's amazing. It's a fun game. If you can get your kids to like trust you enough, you just it's like a form of hazing, right? You could do it every week as long as you get a new kid every week. Promote and like as long as everyone's in. Yeah, like you you either get the kids who are just for whatever reason into hazing or no one ever comes back. Like, <laughs> why why aren't you growing the youth ministry, Matt? I have no idea. I have no idea no why good. it won't grow. Yeah, we keep playing our favorite game, but no one seems to like it. Um. That's so funny. For me, I remember, I remember uh, because something that's very unique to youth pastors as well is that they're always looking for other youth pastors. They're looking for somebody that gets it, somebody that understands sure. what it is that cool. we're doing. And I remember that in my search, uh, maybe I think it was about six years ago, I'm looking through the internet, just trying to find new ideas, fresh ways to connect with our young people. And I come across this article that talks about a church for gamers. And for me, I was blown away at the fact that somebody's sitting in front of a computer screen, talking to a computer screen, but there were hundreds of people tuned in and engaged with this and that's how i found gsc that's how i found god squad church and i thought to myself and i remember i signed up for twitch but didn't do anything with it i just signed up just so that i could watch and i remember telling my mom who is now our senior pastor i told her mom this is this is weird because i feel like this is super nerdy but people are responding to this in a way that i've never seen before and from that moment, there was just always something in me that said, man, there's something that we're not doing. There's a place where we're not present right now, which is why I started streaming. And Matt and Amanda know this. I shared this with them at Megazord. They were a huge inspiration for me to start streaming because I always thought to myself, man, if if these people are doing it there in their section, in their area, in their corner of the Internet, then why can't we start taking over this space, this digital space? So like what I want to know for me uh, listening in, because although I know of God Squad Church, I know where God Squad Church is. I want to know what it was like starting God Squad Church. What did that look like in the early days before there was even a God Squad Church? What did that look like leading up to that? Sure. So when we started it, it was back in March 2016. But leading up to that, we really had to there needs to be a reason as to why we did it, right? In any organization, anything, in my opinion, needs to be some sort of solution to some sort of problem. And I think really what's happening in the church today is most people don't even, they don't acknowledge the problem, so therefore there's no need for the solution, right? They don't realize like mm. that there's this huge, massive gaming community with their own language and culture. Somebody's got to reach them. And honestly, to me, like I wasn't even fully aware of the problem either. We won't go too much in detail, but I had been streaming on Twitch and just playing games, telling people about Jesus, and people were giving their lives to follow Christ. And I would just do, well, and as I say, you're probably going to realize, like, wow, that sounds horrifying. I would just tell people, like, hey, get, get plugged into a, a church in your area. And they were like, how do I find one? I was like, 
just Google one, you know, <laughs> Google church near me. Right. And uh, many, you know, pastors and leaders listening to this right now might realize like that can go horribly wrong. And uh, and unfortunately, like it did. It did. We had a lot of gamers that would walk into churches with like gaming T-shirts, Dungeons and Dragons T-shirts. And literally I would be getting DMs and emails like, hey, man, you know, you, you told me to really put myself out there and go check out a church. And for a lot of gamers, especially for some people that are more introverted, maybe have some social anxiety, not yeah. that every gamer is that way, but to like take that step to actually go visit a church, like that's like kind of a big deal. And so they'd really put themselves out there walking with like a dragon on their shirt. And literally people were being told like, you need to go change your shirt before you can come in here. Like, like this whole like gamer negative connotation was kind of for some people like being really thrown in their face. And it just reached a point where I was getting more horror stories than testimonies. Mm. And it just really made me realize like, if these gamers can't find a church that will accept one, well then we'll just make one for you. Mm. Like we'd realized okay. there was the problem and we just really felt that God was calling us to be the solution. And really that was, how it all started that was the reason it all started and you know it had a lot of challenges at first because we live in a post-covid world now where everything on the internet is like acceptable okay that's obviously not the truth but you know what i mean like online ministry is a lot more accepted and norm now yeah but yeah, back sure. then dude we were we were the psychos of the church man we were the the odd people i can remember sitting across the table from pastors sharing the vision and the need and, and like literally sharing real stories and quotes and pictures of real people that their lives are being changed, but they were like, this is just dumb. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this this is whole thing, <laughs> this whole thing is a waste of your time. You know, you, and you hear the comments, grow up, do something responsible, be a man. You know, you, you hear the, the, the scriptures out of context. When I became a man, I put childish things behind me, you know? <laughs> so what Which is clearly what, talking what, about the internet. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That Paul was talking about video games at that moment. Yeah. And and so it was like for it, me. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I it was, was definitely say, like for me. I think of that, and I think of of how discouraging that has to be, as somebody who says, "Man, I've seen this need. I've seen that there is this this need for Christ in this space, and it's not there." And you're going to people who are a part of the body, a part of the same team, and instead of getting a, even a, a pat on the back, like I'm praying for you, go for it. You get, uh, yeah, I don't think this is it. You yeah. know, like, what does that do for, for, for you? And I think that the, that's a huge problem in the capital C church is that what we don't understand, we automatically reject. It, you know, so that, that for me is, is huge. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. It, it definitely was, it was discouraging. So like launching out, like I, I was doing a lot of it solo because my, my wife was still working at the church. She was bringing in the income for our family. We had taken a big step of faith, really felt like God was calling us to do this. And so I stepped outside of my job and started doing this full time, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend everyone do unless you really, really feel like the Lord's calling you to do it. And, and if we cover that later, that's cool too. But I started traveling to try and raise support and try to just get the vision out there. Like I need to, I need to inform the world of the need to impact the gaming community. And uh, I would go from church to church, traveling, speaking. And, and I mean, I, and you know, I, I felt like I was communicating it well, felt like I was explaining the purpose behind it, what Twitch was. I would share images and videos and explain all of it and really help people understand like what we're playing on the screen isn't real, but the people behind the screen are like gaming is yeah. the platform, but people are the purpose. Like that's why we're doing this. 
And it was just back in 2014, it was just, that was, it was just foreign to people. And so it definitely was, it definitely wasn't connecting with the churches we were going to, definitely wasn't connecting with the pastors we were going to. And Pastor Savage, I know you mentioned like, like, like how did that feel for all that rejection? Uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have my days where I was like, you know, maybe everyone else is right. And I am a <laughs> lunatic, you know, <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. maybe mm, I, know I, that feeling. I know that crazy. Feeling. <laughs> maybe if everyone else around me says I'm crazy, maybe I am, you know, and, uh, but there was just a few things that really kept me grounded. One was obviously having my wife beside me who, who believed in it. My wife was faithful enough. Like it's, it's, you have to realize the the amount of faith it took for Amanda to be when her husband comes up, up to you and says like, "Hey, I want to quit my job and play video games all day and tell people about Jesus." Like, are are you cool with that? And for her to be able to say yes, like that's a massive amount of faith that God will provide for us, and simple belief—not even just in me, but in the vision. So that kept me grounded. Yeah. Having the pastor of our church believe in us so strongly was super encouraging to me. But at the end of the day. What really kept me the most grounded was understanding like the people who didn't call me aren't the people who can qualify me. Like mm-hmm. the one who is called is the one who gets to decide whether this is the right or wrong move. Now that needs to be taken with a grain of salt because you don't just, you don't want to just, you know, ignore wise counsel, but the wise counsel in my life that I knew that actually knew me, my pastor was mm-hmm. giving me the counsel that this is good. All the other people who don't know me from, from another random person in the crowd, they were the ones. It's important to listen to the right voice. Mm, and so the wrong voices were the ones calling me crazy. The right voice was the one that was empowering me, my wife, my pastor, my time spent with the Lord. And so it kept me grounded. It gave me resilience to keep pushing and saying, you know what? Against all odds, no matter how many times I'm going to get rejected by the world and by, and unfortunately get rejected by even the church, there's... I just knew my heart. There's going to there's gonna reach a day where people will see the value in what we're doing. And we're not fully there yet, but in a post-COVID world, we've come a long way. A lot of the people that have actually thought I was crazy reached out during COVID to ask for like, hey, we want to live stream now. Can you help us? And we were honored to help them. We helped them set yeah. up you know, camera tips and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we've got a long way to go, which is why I'm grateful for this podcast, because it just, it's just making more people aware of the problem and that we need to bring a solution. Yeah, but you know, I think that's uh, last... cool that seeing seeing how how things have have changed and shifted to where almost everybody's catching up to what the Lord planted in your heart years ago. You know, and and to see places like Facebook and Meta put together streaming packages for churches and inviting pastors on campus to teach them how to live stream things like that, it, it definitely caused a shift. What Brady Shearer calls the biggest communication shift in the last five hundred years. Yep. You know, in, in the fact that everything's going digital. Well, you know, um, as you were talking, we talked to Deustin on the last episode, and uh, and it's so funny to hear him say the same things. Uh, his piece of advice to us at the end was, "Don't listen to the noise." Um, mm-hmm. And but but when he talked about feeling called into this, it was his wife and his pastor mm. and his time with God that confirmed that he was supposed to step into this. Right. And it, very interesting to hear, Matt, you kind of say the same thing. But in the, the case last episode, we didn't have a Deustin's wife on uh, <laughs> to share how her story went throughout that. I know how it was for my wife the first time I came to her and I said, hey, honey, pretty sure I'm supposed to quit my, my great job and I'm supposed to go start an online church 
and I don't know where the salary is going to come from. And I hope we can keep our house. Right. I remember that, that initial conversation. It was a hard one. So Amanda, walk us through your feeling of like, you know, sometimes God, I'm sure, I don't know what your experience was like, but we see in the Bible where, you know, Mary's called, but Joseph also needs an angel. Uh, right. Uh, and I think that in many cases, as God works through us, sometimes it's just like, yeah, you're both aligned and you're ready to go. And sometimes there's a process for Jesus to align a couple, a married couple into a singular calling. And now, you know, seven years later, you're the executive pastor of GSC and, uh, you know, like leading the charge as a member of the lead team over there. So tell us a little bit about that, that section of your life as you were like, okay, well, it looks like my life is going to look way different than what I had thought it was going to look like. <laughs> well, that's the truth. Um, <laughs> never in my wildest dreams would I ever think that I would be here today many, many years ago, um, working for a gamer church online. Um, <laughs> never, ever, ever. Um, and so, yeah, when Matt first started talking about Twitch, I was like, what? Like, you telling me that people will go onto this website and watch people? Like, the typical thing that you hear people, like, you know, who don't understand Twitch, that was me. I was like, why, why, why do people do that? Why do they go on Twitch to watch video games that they can just play themselves? <laughs> like, what, what's the fun in that? Like, I don't understand it. Um, but, you know, slowly I saw, you know, as he started and as he was interacting with real people um, and began to develop testimonies and, you know, was just sharing the love of Jesus with these people and seeing God move in their lives and do incredible things. I was like, I can't, how do I, how do I disagree with that? How do I come against that? God is truly moving um, through Twitch, through streaming. Um, and, you know, over time I saw just how, how effective, how powerful, needed, invaluable this kind of ministry was. And, um, it was definitely, you know, a process, you know, um, like I had to put up with things like him streaming in our bedroom and I'm trying to go to sleep. And the very first way that he would stream, like part of our bed was like in the shot, <laughs> I'd be like in bed, you could see my feet like under the covers <laughs> trying to wind down from my day. And it was just like, I'm literally like crawling on the floor, trying to avoid being on camera because I just, I didn't want to be on camera. For and real? so like having to navigate that was just weird in the beginning. Um, whereas now it's just like second nature. Like I hear him screaming down from downstairs because <laughs> something exciting is happening. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like don't know or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was definitely weird. But, you know, once I saw that God was actually doing incredible things, uh, I just, there was no way for me to just, just like put, to not believe in it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I came to support it through honestly just seeing all of the testimonies of what God was doing. Um, and eventually I became a part of it um, slowly, but surely over time, I just became more and more plugged in myself. Um, and yeah, it, it was definitely a wild journey that took a lot of faith, especially when he was like, I'm thinking about stepping down from my job. Mm. <laughs> I was like, um, <laughs> you, you realize I'm part time, right? <laughs> um, and so that was definitely a lot of faith required. But to me, it was just God. God was clearly moving and clearly calling us to this. Um, and so if God is calling us to it, he's going to provide. Um mm. And so we move forward accordingly. And for me, that was really it. So, well, you know, I think that there is, there's, I love, I love that. Like, 
I saw God was in it. How could I deny it? I heard the testimonies. I believed in what in what Matt was doing. There is a there's a substantial difference though between I see that you're doing something good, go for it. And I'm going to go do this thing with you. Um there's a big difference between watching Matt start GSC, watching Matt live stream and then you being on staff leading it, aligning with it and in in now in many cases I, when I think of GSC, right? Like your your face for me is just associated with GSC. Um, and so there, but there's a, obviously there's a lot of narrative and we don't need to get into all of the narrative of the last seven years that's brought us there, but there also had to, I would think be a point or a time when it was like, this isn't his thing, just his thing. This is our thing, right? This is our church, our ministry. I mean, planting a church is, is a lot like raising a, there's a lot of similarities with raising a child. There's similar, some frustrations, there's some sleepless nights there. There's so much ownership that comes with church planting, which doesn't necessarily come with live streaming. Yep. And uh, and most people who are just going to be on the show who are live streamers will not understand the burden of church planting. They just right. can't they can't yeah. wrap their minds around it because you it's one of those things that you can't do it unless you've been in it and you carry the burden of evangelism and discipleship and pastoral care on your shoulders every moment of every day. There's some point where you said, that's my burden, too. Well, it was a very slow process for me. You know, when we launched God Squad Church, I was still working at the church um, and I was very involved. Um, you know, I was the administrator, but I was serving on the worship team. I was serving at the youth group. I love youth ministry. So I was all in with the youth ministry and was very plugged in and involved with our church. Um, but as, you know, he started the church, you know, I'm, I, I went, you know, my my biggest passion in ministry is worship um you know god has gifted me musically and it has just been something i've been doing for years and so when he when he launched um i was just his natural pick <laughs> to be the worship leader for the services and and so you know when the church launched that was you know how i first started being a part of it i was just there to lead worship um, then we had them on Thursday nights. And so I would lead worship on Thursday nights and that was about it. Um, and then slowly, you know, I realized that there was more and more needs as the church continued to grow. Um, you know, and I mentioned earlier, I just have a heart to serve. Like if there's a need, like I'll help you. Um, and you know, I saw that their discord <laughs> very desperately needed someone to it oversee it because you know <laughs> it was a very scary place back then. Our discord, um, and while there were people helping to mod it, there wasn't like someone to come along so to be like, "All right, like let's let's bring this together, <laughs> bring some order to the chaos." And so I was like, "You know what? Uh, let me help with this." And so I started overseeing the discord. Um, and then slowly and surely, I started overseeing more and more and helping um, into what has now turned into me being the executive and music pastor. Um, but I'll be honest, like it was hard. It was hard because like I felt like I didn't belong in the beginning. I felt like I was just there because I was Matt's wife. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, like I hadn't truly accepted my nerdy gamer self. And so while I had loved video games, None of my girlfriends growing up play video games. And so like it was just a very small part of my life that I enjoyed with my siblings on occasion. 
Um, but like, I just, I wasn't big into nerd and gaming culture back then. And so like, I didn't feel like I belonged. I just felt like I was there because I was Matt's wife to sing for these gamers, basically. Um, and over time, you know, I realized like, yes, I do belong because surprise, like <laughs> you are actually a nerd and um, you have more to offer than just your voice. And that has been a process in and of itself. But yeah, that's a bit about my journey mm. and getting plugged in. So. You know, my wife needs like a, my wife's going to listen to this episode. It's going to be like a mandatory thing in our household because, um, you know, we started Same. two years ago. My wife's a Star Wars lover, Lord of the Rings lover, Harry Potter lover. And like you, she grew up on Nintendo systems with her little brother. Um, but she uh, she also like she's in she's in she's part of services every week. Um, but I think has also kind of felt like this isn't her people and this isn't her tribe and trying to figure out what that looks like. And, and in our, in, in her, like in our case, it's worked out beautifully well because there's a whole bunch of other women that feel the same way in our church <laughs> who are uh, married to a gamer who is part of our church. They're seeing his faith awakened for the first time. They're excited about that. So they're just like, I want to check it out because I see my husband, I couldn't get it to happen, but it's happening. So I, I want to be part. And my wife has been, you know, building relationship with them, leading a small group with them That's and awesome. really investing in them. That's been a, a godsend to her, like a lifeline of like a bunch of these there's a handful of like women in our church who really also don't get the why would you watch someone play video games on the internet when you could play themselves yourself and like so she has some connection there which has been really good but i i love that amanda and for me one of the reasons i really wanted to i really wanted to like zero in on that for this episode um is because there's going to be people who are listening to this and like i know for a fact because i've talked to many of them who they feel the calling, but their wives don't get it yet, mm. or their spouses don't feel it. And they they don't know whether or not that like sort of invalidates the calling that they're feeling, um, or uh like how to navigate that. And I think it's really important to hear like this was a slow transition for you. <laughs> it didn't happen overnight, it took time. Um, and you know not being able or willing to embrace the nerdy side of yourself early on, I think is a really powerful thing for some people who are going to be in this space who are married and are feeling very pulled to it and are just not sure what that looks like to go as a couple into it. And I, I love, I love, I love, I love that. Um, Matt, talk for just a minute about for you that, that I know like you're like, I see a need and I feel said need type of guy right it's like it's all it's action right um but i also have to believe that there was you know you said you talked to the lord you sought wise counsel what was that process like of no i actually should quit my job and start this church like what were the catalysts that that really pushed you over the edge to start god squad honestly i think really it, it really is what you just mentioned about seeing the need and and just having an unquenchable desire to fill it i i just i really felt during that season when i was kind of wrestling because I, I didn't make the decision overnight and I, like i said i talked to my wife talked to my pastor even my parents were on board spent some time praying because as a man like i wasn't just like oh yeah dude the thought of me not being able to pay my bills and feed my wife yeah no big deal like that was a that was a burden that every man wants yeah. to be able to provide for his family you know so i didn't take that lightly but the re like the way that really helped me like know that I know that I knew that the Lord was calling me was honestly, I could not escape it. 
Like it wasn't like I, I, I kind of joke around people like, yo, how did this idea to start like a church for gamers and like use live streaming as a band? Like it's so genius. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Like, I wish I came up with it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like it like the idea was so outside of my own capabilities of intelligence and creativity that I just I knew that it was God and it was the persistence. I could not get it out of my head. Like it, it was it was just like God had just given me a revelation to see what other people could not see. And like I thought it was crazy for a while. Because I'm like, I see this ginormous gap that the church is not meeting. I see this ginormous problem, this ginormous need. I'm like, looking around, I'm like, how does no one else see what, <laughs> what I see? Like, it's just, it's so obvious. And I really realized that, like, it was not obvious to many people. Mm. And that's when I like, maybe the Lord really is calling me to pioneer something that, like, hasn't been seen. And, like, and I really learned like in that season that it's not always guaranteed because there is the, the wrestle between like, is this God or is this just like my own desires or imagination? But I really learned like there is a high chance that if God has caused you to see it, he's called you to solve it. Like if, if there is a problem that you see and it's just like so, like so painfully obvious, why isn't someone doing something about this? And everyone else is like, I don't even, what is the this? I can't even see what the this is. Mm. That God might be leading you to do something about it. And like, you could take that into like any area of ministry. Like there are so many people that walk into churches and they'll go complain to the pastor. Like, why isn't someone, why didn't, why don't we do this? And everyone else is like, mm. we didn't even think of that. If God Come has on. called you, caused you to see it. Maybe he's calling you to solve it. I've heard yeah. pastors be like, oh, that's a great idea you want to do it <laughs> and for one of me, my favorite responses to yeah for real for my life that's yeah. a that's yeah. a great idea why don't, why don't you get that set up for us and yeah. and for me like like i said on top of the whole like praying talking to my wife feeling the peace of god for me it was the it was the persistence of the holy spirit i could not get it out of my head even even when i reached a place in my heart where i was like god i'm not even like I don't even necessarily like want to do this. It was not that I, I didn't want to do it, but it wasn't like, this is a cool idea I've come up with and like, I just really passionate about it. I just really feel like God was like, I've chosen you to see this. Mm. Other people can't even see what you're talking about. They think you're yeah. crazy, but I've, I've opened your eyes to something I haven't opened their eyes to yet. And I just realized like, if I don't do this, like somebody else isn't going to do it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why, and I, I don't think I'll ever know. And maybe I shouldn't. Maybe it would go to my head. I have no idea. I don't know why the Lord allowed me to see something other people weren't seeing. But I just knew that persistence. I can't, it, I'm dreaming about it. I, I can't get out of my mind. It's keeping me up at night. The persistence of the Holy Spirit, the persistence really is what got me like, we have to do something to solve this problem. And so we did. That's so good. And I love that you said that Maybe I'll never know why. Because maybe it'll go to my head. We'll never, there are those things that we won't know the answer to until we get to heaven, you know? But the fact that it wasn't just that, you went through with it. Imagine what would have happened going through a pandemic and not having a place like GSC or Lux Digital or, or even 
uh, uh, Matt or Amanda Souza that that could be a resource to churches in this space. Hmm. You imagine had you not, and I think that that for me that causes even more fear from not listening to God, because what would happen if we didn't take off on this journey? If we didn't start this this idea that I just had randomly that just will not escape me? What would have happened? You know, and it's not that 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 it's a you thing, but it's just a matter of being obedient to the Lord. I mean, he's the author and finisher of our faith. He knows what he's doing. We're just uh, another cog in the wheel. We're just another piece of the puzzle. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't want to miss the opportunity. Like I didn't, I didn't want the Lord to pass over me. Like if you want to obey me, I'll go find someone else who will. Hmm. And I was like, I don't want to miss out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, in much of your faithfulness has now inspired a lot of others, obviously, you know, this podcast, a couple times a month, we're going to be featuring somebody on it. Um, and I, I think I could line up people for two years and many of those people will look back and speak of, I looked for this and I saw GSC. I looked mm-hmm. for this. I saw GSC. And so God has, I mean, God opened our eyes at Lux to something that looked a little different than what GSC is doing. But GSC was part of our story as well. Like they were part of our narrative. I was lurking and checking out what you guys were doing and being inspired by it. And, and it was, and it was the relentlessness of the Holy Spirit. Cause to be perfectly honest with you, I thought it could be heretical. Um, and it was, it was the Holy Spirit refusing to talk to me about anything else mm. for about four months, um, where I finally got worn down and, and let go of my preconceived ideas of what church needed to be. Um, because my ideas of what church were terms, I said they were biblical, but really they were just comfortable. Mm. Um, and so, uh, watching what you guys were doing was really seeing the church be biblical. Um, in terms of its reach and the people that it was running towards and so many people that call GSC home, right? I know this because it's true in Lux as well, um, would struggle to call another church home. Um, and it, GSC reaches a different type of person. It's not right. cannibalizing other churches. It's reaching people who very often just don't go to church or have no involvement in a church, n- never have or never will, right? But they will here. And we've seen that uh, you know, echoed across our church as well. I know that you've seen it for the last seven years at GSC. Um, transitioning though to the, cause we want you to be able to give something to people who are listening into this, right? There's going to be people who are listening to this, who are like, I'm trying to get into this, but my wife isn't on board. I'm trying to get into this, but I don't know if it's from God. I'm trying to get into this, but I don't know if I have the skill set, right? And they're thinking through some of this stuff. And so we want to give you a chance to multiply yourselves by sharing things, sure. um, that you've learned along the way, um, especially in those early years. And my, my friend Chesley oftentimes says that pioneers, uh, get killed and settlers get rich. Um, and so, I mean, I'm sure there's some moments where you felt like the That's pioneers true. getting shot at, but you know, some, someone was ambushing you. I'm sure there was some painful moments in the first handful of years that were like, dang it, this sucks. Like, this is really hard. And I'm sure you learned something really valuable that a lot of us, a lot of people who will come after you won't even have to learn um, because you've learned it for them and you've set the groundwork. So uh, we'll start with Amanda, but Amanda, what is something that you know, you really would love Amanda of seven years ago to have known. Yeah. Wow. Well, to me, it's, you know, very similar to what I already mentioned not too long ago. You know, that one, um, you have so much more to offer than just your voice um, that, you know, my value and what I have to offer isn't, you know, dependent or, you know, doesn't end with me singing or leading worship. Um, you know, I've been able to serve in so many different capacities at the church and God has truly called me, 
and gifted me in different ways um, to be a blessing to the church and to help out in the various needs that we have. And so just learning to be confident that God had too called me to God Squad Church. You know, I wasn't just here to help my husband. Like God also called me here in learning to walk in confidence that, yeah, like it, God has called me here. And so I'm, I'm not confident in myself in my abilities, but I'm confident in the fact that God has called me here and has gifted me abilities and gifts and whatnot to be used here. Um, More than just, you know, just my singing, um, which is a whole other story in and of itself. Um, And so that would be one. And then also, you know, feeling like I didn't belong and just that big struggle. Um, Yeah, man, I wish that I had known back then what I would have (laughs) turned into today. Um, you know, and how free I am, you know, just of a truly accepting like my nerdy side. Mm. And, um, you know, of course I wouldn't change the process. You know, God has been so good and so faithful and it has been a good journey that I've been on. Um, but yeah, like speaking to the Amanda back then, like you are one of us, <laughs> mm. um, you know, I'm not an outsider. Um, you know, God has called me here too. Um, not just because Matt is here, but because, you know, we're both, you know, meant to be here, both meant to belong, both meant to serve. Um, and so for me, that has been the two biggest things. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I love that. Matt, how about you? What do you wish, uh, what do you wish Matt of seven or eight years ago would know that you know today? Sure. I think this is super applicable really for anyone who's thinking about getting into it, because especially for people that want to be, uh, an online pastor, digital missionary, streamer, whatever, there's really going to be, I think, two mindsets that are super prevalent in this online world. And one of them is the grind mentality, and the second one is the talent mentality. When you start getting accolades and accomplishments in this online world, you start reaching certain statuses, you go to TwitchCon with a partner badge, and you're allowed in the rooms where the people aren't allowed in, they literally will refer to you as the talent. Like that's the word. It's the talent. You're, 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 the, you're the, the fancy, talented, super awesome person. And they really will treat you like you're better than other people. And that mindset of the talent can really lead you down a really dark path if you're not careful. And all of this is, is dependent on you and your talents. That this has happened because I have gotten good at x thing i have grown a camera presence i have learned to communicate or i'm good at whatever it might be and all these people that tune into my live stream or come to hear your sermon or whatever they're here for my talent because the online world is driving that into you talent 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 and especially over the past year i've really just been meditating on first corinthians where paul talks about some water some plant but god brings the increase so good and learning really that that we are responsible for the work but god is responsible for the results and that you don't need to burn yourself out you don't need to grind your face off going all day long because you think that if i do this then we will have blank because it's completely contrary to john 15 where apart from me you can do nothing and really just like learning, because I mean, especially in the online, like anyone that wants to be a streamer, like you're going to see these 24-hour streams and streamathons, and like, it's okay to do something like, you know, like sometimes like you travel for work, like you're gone for three days. Like sometimes there's like a small season where like you put in some extra effort. It's okay to have one week where you do a little overtime. But is it becoming a lifestyle? 
And for me, I had allowed the grind to become a lifestyle. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, it's just a weekend thing. Or like last week, a huge expansion came out. Wow, I put in a lot of extra work, got a huge results from it. And, and then now, you know, tonight my wife and I are going on a date. And, and right now I'm not, I'm not even doing anything right now. I'm in this podcast, which is, you know, I'm not streaming right now. But understanding that it's so easy to get sucked in to that mm-hmm. grind mindset and not trust on the Lord, but instead trusting on your talents. Mm-hmm. That is what the internet is going to teach you. And please fight it harder than I did. Please fight the priority. Fight the, the desire to want to work more to get more rather than prioritizing your family, your own relationship with the Lord, and really humbling yourself to realize, like, even though God has given me talents, if, I, if they're taken away, God will still do what he's going to do. This is not all dependent on me. And it's, it's pride, really, that leads us to leaving that talent. So that would be my encouragement to people. Humble yourself. Prioritize your time with the Lord, with your family, and realize even without you, God's going to bring the increase. You just get the privilege to be a part of the journey. I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's a, you know, a hundred other things that I would love to dig into from our conversation today. Unfortunately, we're coming to the end and we're almost out of time. Here's the thing. If you'd like to meet Matt and Amanda um, and you'd like to hear more of their story, come to NCMS. Um, call them to the Nerd Culture Ministry Summit in Marble Falls, Texas this November. Matt is one of the speakers for it. Um, we're going to find a way. Amanda's going to be there. We're getting her there one way or the other. Um, and, and we're going we're gonna to have the two of them there. Ask them about their story. Learn about what they've done with GSC. All this stuff that's been talked about in the church world. Or if you're a gamer and you're thinking about getting into gaming ministry. Or you're a youth pastor and you're realizing how important this space is. But your church doesn't get it. Like, here's the next step. You and your yeah. senior pastor you register for NCMS and you get to NCMS literally was on the phone with a youth pastor from Georgia yesterday. And he was like, I see how important it is. I've been a streamer. I've seen the influence. My best friends are online. My pastor, my leadership doesn't get it. You and your pastor get on a plane and get to Marble Falls, Texas in November. will help them to get it. And they'll see the life change and the life impact in real flesh and blood. So come and check it out. But this episode's coming to a close, Matt and Amanda. I just want to thank you guys thank you. so much for being willing to come on the NCMU podcast. And uh, if you guys want to check out uh, God Squad Church, um, Match Stream, or any of the other things in between, the links for all that stuff are going to be in the description of this episode, along with the link that you can use to go register for the Nerd Culture Ministry Summit in November. But as for me and for Savage, for Matt and Amanda, this has been the NCMU Podcast, episode number two. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to come back for the next episode. Thanks for listening to the NCMU Podcast and we would love to connect to you. Listen, there are links in the description of this episode to the people that were on the show, to the organizations and the networks and the movements that we are connected to here at the NCMU. You can grab that link to register for the Nerd Culture Ministry Summit November in Marble Falls, Texas this year, 2023. We'd love to see you there and we would love, love, love to hear from you until we find out where we're going to send everybody in terms of a Discord please feel free to email me at mark at luxdigitalchurch.com. We'd love to hear about what you're doing. And if you'd like to be on the show, email me, tell me about what you're doing. Tell us your story. We'd love to chat with you and get a chance to meet with you. And we'll see you next episode.